This episode is all about getting your next puppy from a responsible breeder. However, we absolutely do support getting your dog from a rescue organization and we support all the great dog and cat rescues and all the wonderful work they're doing in our community. We did reach out to two separate rescue organizations and invited them to be on the podcast. However, we have yet to receive a response. So if you do work within a rescue or you know someone that works within a rescue, please do reach out to us through our website and we would love to have you on. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, this is Danielle Grachek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for part two with Jamie Dow of Sundown Border Collie. She's the owner. Um, And uh, full disclosure, I'm getting a puppy from her soon. I never thought I would get a Border Collie or a puppy from a breeder. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to that. We talked all about that um, uh, and just kind of the... I don't know the societal awareness around breeders. Um, but before we go into my, my next big topic, uh, I just wanted to touch base. If people are looking to um, get a dog from a breeder, what are the things they should look for from a responsible breeder? Um, well, one of the biggest things for me, the most important thing for me is having uh, lifetime support yeah. with that dog. Yeah. You know, um, for me, education is the only way that we can keep animals out of shelters. Mm-hmm. If you break it down, that's it. Yep. That's the base, right? If we're educated as buyers and if we're educated as breeders, those shelters would be empty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you have lifetime support, how do, how can you go wrong yeah. with lifetime support? Yeah. Really, you know. Um, I'm there to answer questions from my puppy owners 24/7 and I have and I do and I'm happy to do it. I can te- I can testify to that everybody. She's gotten lots of texts and calls from me so far. And you don't <laughs> even have a dog yet. And I don't even have her dog yet so Right. Um, that's that's usually how it goes too. Yeah. Yep. Can we, um, so is there any telltale signs when somebody's looking to get a dog from a breeder that, hmm, maybe you need to investigate this a little further that, um, because we also don't want to, um, perpetuate, um, overbreeding situations or, um, you know, have people purchase dogs from people who are unethical. it, It can be kind of a tricky area to navigate because what's important to somebody may not actually be important to another person. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that I raised my puppies in my home. That is important to a lot of people, but I might be selling a puppy to somebody that actually really doesn't care about that for what, for one reason or another. So you can talk to them. Um, one of the biggest things is, can you visit them? Mm-hmm. You know, can yeah. you go to their property, to their home? Can you lay eyes on yep. those dogs? And, you know, I know that there are breeders out there who would claim I've 
unfortunately seen it firsthand that their litters are raised in their home and they don't bring those puppies into home until the day that it's time to have somebody visit them. Uh Um, Check them out, check them out on social media. You can certainly ask for references from other owners and they should be able to give that to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fantastic. Great. Um, Before we go into the, um, other big topic. I wanted to talk about um, your um, outreach and education up in the um, Turtle Lake, Trade Lake area. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you've done there in the past? Sure. So the veterinary clinic that I work for is actually a nonprofit clinic. And one of the mission statements um, was education outreach. One of our programs was the canine program. We also did a reptile program as Hmm. well as an exotic animal program. Yes, I do have a lot of the species in this house as well. (laughs) Here's something funny. It's it's because of that. Um, (laughs) It was really important to me. As I said, education is our only weapon against animal abuse and against, you know, animals filling up the shelters. Right. really important for me to go out and be able to visit different communities. And we kind of, we actually had a pretty wide range that we traveled, my partner and I, in doing this. So we would go to schools, libraries, um, any group that asked us to at no charge um, and talk. We'd bring our animals. So, you know, like the dog program, it was pretty normal for us to have about 10 of the border collies with <laughs> and the fun part about that was being able to hold a conversation with children mm-hmm. and with adults about proper care, nutrition, and training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, misinformation out there mm-hmm. and I think that's where we run into problems. Right. Okay. So, um, side note, we do have camp CIC that's happening up at Turtle Lake. And right now I'm trying to pin Jamie down to come in and be one of our guest speakers. So, mm-hmm. um, so that'll be fantastic. And if anybody wants any more information on that or wants to sponsor a child up there, uh, please just reach out to us. Um, you can do that on our website, um, or in, in any of our social media, um, outlets. Okay. Moving forward now to the big, mic drop topic. As I started to research getting this puppy, I realized that my previously held beliefs that I just never even questioned about spay neutering are starting to be questioned, not even starting, are being questioned. And there's a lot of peer reviewed um, studies out there that show that it is not a good practice to spay neuter your pet at an early age, if at all. So, um, and then when I got your contract, it says in there, you know, don't spay neuter. And you're not, you know, the contract is you are agreeing to not spay neuter your dog until they are a year old. And I was like, okay, so and then I reached out to a vet friend of mine who's been on the show, a veterinarian. She's amazing. Um, and, and I was like, what do you, I like, haven't heard this. Have you, what do you think about this? She's like, I, in a nutshell, I, I um, agree with it. Um, I'm super busy, but she's going to come on the podcast and talk more about it on the veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And so everybody stay tuned. Um, and if you want to hear more from her, her name's Dr. Young. She's on some previous podcasts. She's awesome. Um, so anyways, let's talk about this because it literally blew my mind. I just didn't know. I didn't know. And then I started looking at this um, and, and the studies come from 
the AVMA, um, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association. Um, they're published on PubMed because now, you know, in today's world, just because there's an article and a hyperlink to, hey, this study, you know, uh, you got to then look at what site published that, you know, you got to do your research. And these are all really credible studies that are showing adverse effects to dogs being spay neutered this early. Um, so anyways, I would love to hear your take on it and, um, let's start the conversation. Okay. Yeah, you're right. This, this definitely can be a touchy subject yep. for people and especially people that are very heavy into the rescue world. And I totally understand that. And I give a nod to them over this. Um, I'm speaking of it from a personal standpoint. So, uh, you know, nearly 15 years in with these dogs, I obviously own a pack of intact dogs, mm-hmm. um, not in kennels. Mm-hmm. This is real life. So they've, they're all together, right? So like those education programs that I, I talked to you about, that was a pack of intact animals going mm-hmm. and talking and dealing with children. Um, one thing that I had noticed, and this was before, um, really, I think before any, kind of awareness started to happen about maybe some adverse reactions to early spay and neuter was I started to notice that when people were spaying and neutering their dogs early, it changed the physical appearance of them. And this is through the veterinary clinic? The reason I could compare that was because I would own litter mates, aunts, Mm. uncles, et cetera. Okay. okay, so it wasn't just like a random, you know, idea of mine. Yep. Um, I was just seeing it. Along with that, I started to notice behavioral issues mm. that I had to deal with and other people weren't dealing with when they had their dogs still intact. Mm-hmm. So we started to come off with some weird, fearful things, some anxiety things. And it wasn't, you know, just my lines. It was lines from many different types of breeders that this was kind of happening with. Um, The other thing is when my dogs, you know, typically the females will have like maybe two or three litters in their entire lifetime. Um, If I spay or neuter, that's when I notice the change Mm. in that emotionally and mentally Mm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was kind of more on a personal level mm-hmm. as well. You know, um, never having problems with my intact dogs, never having problems with my intact males fighting and my intact females fighting and that kind of thing. Hmm. So you kind of you kind of notice when sure. you're in the thick of it. Well, mm-hmm. in, the, in the article that I have and we'll link this article it's from natural is it from natural pet magazine or natural dog magazine i can't remember yeah, I, yeah, I think. yeah. Mm-hmm. so we'll link it um they also talked about dogs getting um a higher instance of mast cell tumors and also hip dysplasia and joint disorders in right. early spay neuter Right. And if you think about it, what are we doing? We're, we're literally taking away the hormones mm-hmm. in our dogs. Yeah. And, uh, if we did that with people, you know, with children, you'd see some adverse side effects with that. Yeah. 
For sure. So, okay, so here's the other big thing. So in researching all of this, I'm like, well, first of all, I blew my mind that I just wasn't going to immediately get my dog spayed or neutered. And I started researching it. And then I'm like, oh, for sure I'm not. For sure I'm not until they're a year old. No, I'm at the place where I'm like, will I ever? I don't know if I will. Um, and so I was talking to one of our friends, our producer, Mark, here. And I'm, I was talking about that. And he's like, yeah. I have an instance where I brought my, he brought his dog Hoppers. She's an awesome therapy dog, golden, beautiful dog, to his friend's hunting cabin. And his friend's hunting dogs are intact dogs. And he, like, literally couldn't even stay there because they couldn't. It was so, like, the dogs were so on his dog constantly. He's like, all right, this isn't even fun. Like, I can't keep my dog here. You can't keep your dogs off of her. Um, This is like an issue what do you what do you do you have any experiences with that or what do you say to a situation like that is that more just so training his, his dog was in heat no his dog and- has, has been uh spayed and the the friends hunting dogs are intact and they wouldn't leave his dog alone to the and hmm. they couldn't you know to the point of it was just like not even fun to be there because uh, well, they'd have to. He would have to have his dog in his car or something at all times, or you know. Right. Well, you know, I know personally here. So, as you know, I do offer herding lessons, and we do that um, once a year. We do a thing where we open up a herding day, a free herding day for the community. And whether you have a herding dog or not, you're welcome to come out here and bring your dog. By the way, it's um, so fun. You guys, it's so freaking fun. I've been. Um, so if, um, do you know when it's going to happen this year? Not yet, but I always, we typically always do it in the fall. Okay. And then people mm-hmm. can find you at like, is your Facebook page the best way to find you? Yeah, you can certainly send a message to the Sundown Border Collies Facebook page. Okay, and then um, and we'll link that in our show notes too. So if people want to stay in touch with you, and um, they can do that. Okay. Anyways, yep. car- okay. So yep. carry on. So, um, you know, our dogs have these strange dogs from people that they've never, you know, met or seen before coming in. A, a lot of the times. If I bring someone's dog in and it just doesn't seem to be really that interested in the stock, but I think it might have a little bit of potential, um, I'll take one of my trained dogs in with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dogs aren't really going to pay attention to your dog, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just not, it's just not in them and they are intact when this is happening. So um, I think a lot of it is training yeah that's what i was thinking you know on on the owner's part on what is and is not acceptable behavior right well so because like in my head what i'm saying is i know you don't call yourself a dog trainer but i mean let's call a spade a spade i mean you know it's extrapolates out you know you so you as a person who runs a farm knows animals like has multiple has full intact you know, a herd of dogs is going to be more capable in handling dogs, knowing dog behaviors, seeing dogs, um, body language, reading that, responding to it than just like a normal average human in the city adopting a dog. So my first thought is, is this translatable? You know, like can the average person handle an intact dog throughout their whole life if they're not as well versed in dogs and dog behaviors and just like maybe take a regular obedience class or something here and there. 
Right. Well, I think they can, because if, if we say that they can't, then we're just kind of, we're limiting a human's ability to learn. Yep. And I'm just, I absolutely don't believe that people can't learn new things. Yeah. Fair you know, enough. Whether they're, they're open to it or not, that's another thing. Yeah. 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 But mm-hmm. y'all have the ability to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, Jamie, like Danielle said it in, in the contracts, when, when pups go to their new home, it's one year, right? So if, if folks decide that they're going to spay or neuter their dog, they have to wait a year. Yeah. So that's me saying, okay, do not spay or neuter this dog before a year old. Um, it's a different scenario if you're looking at ovary sparing spays or visectomies for males because they are able to retain their hormones then. Um, I, I really need to make sure that those dogs get through that first year of life. With their hor- with their hor- hormones, with their hormones. Yeah. yeah, with mm-hmm. their hormones. Yeah. Well, I found it super fascinating about the behavioral stuff because we've always been taught, um, in by I say we, I just say the society in general. Um, what we hear is that if you don't neuter, especially a male dog, they become aggressive, and the statistics and the studies are showing that that's just not true. It's actually it, it, the converse. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. They become a lot more unstable and fearful that I found. Well, now, you know, you could quote me on that and then I could get slammed for that as well. But um, no, I think we're qualifying that this is in your personal experience is, is what you're saying. You're not making claims personal... that you've done a scientific study. However, there right. are studies out and we will link that. So. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I just, I can't get behind that after everything that right. I've seen in these years. I just can't get behind that. Right. You know, um, well, I appreciate are there, it. Are you going to have different challenges, you know, with intact animals? Of course you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the challenges are? Well, for one thing, you have to be responsible enough to make sure your dog doesn't get bred. If, if you don't want to, <laughs> you know, if, if you don't want if, to, if you don't want your dog bred, yeah. make sure that you're responsible enough. And it is not up to your neighbor to make sure his male doesn't come over and mm. breed your female. It is up to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to take animals. right, and this is like a a bigger kind of overarching theme is you know, you have to be responsible for yourself and your dog. Right. The responsibility exactly. is yours. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Doesn't matter what Joe blows dog down the down the road does. Yep. It only matters what your dog does. Got it. Um, and a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around that. Well, I appreciate it. I like being challenged. I like it when my mind gets broke, o- broke open, you know, when you have this long held belief and then you're like, wait a minute, there's other information out there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the jury's still out on if I'll ever spay or neuter. I know that I for sure won't do it till, you know, past a year. Um, leaning towards not, but I'm going to definitely study more and, uh, you know, keep, keep getting that critical knowledge coming in. Um, so I can make a good choice for, you know, my dog when I get them. So I really appreciate even just having this subject brought up because I didn't even know. Um, 
Well, you know, as a species, we keep learning yep. and we keep evolving, right? right? So that doesn't mean that something else new isn't going to come out. And then my mind will be blown. Yeah, 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 well. yeah. <laughs> Expansion is good. You right? bet. <laughs> I'm excited you to, bet. I'm just excited to be a student again. You know, I've been a dog trainer since 1999 and I certainly don't know it all. And I don't like to work with aggression. You know, I, there's... I I went in the therapy dog direction just because of my personal life and things. Um, and and so I'm just excited to learn about border collies, best way to train border collies. I'm excited to learn from you and and grow in that capacity of my, you know, of my life too. So I'm just super excited about it all. That's great. Um. The other thing is, do do we have any thoughts about names? My puppy name. I have a few. If anybody, I have a few in mind. So, if anybody out there uh, listening has any good ideas, go ahead and hit us on social media. Maybe we'll put a social media po- post up saying name Danielle's new dog. Um, but I've got a few in my back pocket. So um, it's kind of funny because before we even talked, I was like, so I've always had dogs that were named pre-named because it was like, oh, sure, I'll take this dog in. And, you know, um, and then so, somehow I changed their name a little is, bit. I, lo- I love the progressive story of how Sharpie became Sharpie. Oh yeah, yeah. So Sharpie was Charlie when I adopted him and he was a client's dog. Um he was a he is a toy Aussie. He was not um uh, it was not a good home for him. She she hired me because he was just having all these behavioral issues. Um so I went to go train with this woman and she had some back problems and just couldn't be really mobile with him. So I started to say, "Okay, how are we going to keep this dog?" Uh, motivated or and exercised and mentally stimulated without having somebody who can be mobile with him. So I just started teaching him all these different tricks. And I'm like, this kid is sharp. Like he, he picks these up. He likes them. Here's your tricks. And I just kept going and teaching more tricks and more tricks. And he's just doing them all. And um, finally she called me just in tears one day. Uh, she had to have another surgery. She was not going to be able to care for this pup. She'd bought it from a toy Aussie breeder and was just like, is there any way you would take him? And I'm like, uh, yes. I, you know, it was just like, <laughs> I have to like, yeah. So yep. he came into my house as Charlie and morphed into Sharpie because a <laughs> mixture of me being like, this dog is sharp. And then, and then also me just going like Charlie, Sharpie, Sharpie. And it just, I don't know how it happened, but anyways, he became Sharpie. So, um, then now I, I get a chance to, you know, name this dog. And, and I'm like, I just want a normal dog name. Like, and I was, th- so I was thinking of sunshine and this was as I was in the, uh, and calling the dog Sunny. And this is as I was in the adoption process. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and then dogs get spoken for and you don't get them and things like happen. So, and then during this time is when I reached out to you to be, um, a speaker, a guest speaker at our Turtle Lake camp. And I'm like, at the very end of the conversation, I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm in the market. Um, you know, didn't even know you had a litter. And one thing led to another. And um, and now I'm getting one of your pups. But I'll remind people that the name of your um, 
of your organization is Sundown Border Collies. And I already had the name Sunshine. So if any, you know, I feel like it's a little kismet there. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, um, little fate, a little bit of fate lining up for yeah, you there. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Sin- certainly believe in that too. But I'm really excited for you to be able to have um, a puppy me for too. the first time in a very long time. You know, and, and I think that's great. I do have a lot of owners that they tell me, well, I've always rescued and now here's a puppy. I've never had a puppy before. You know, usually they're pretty scared and, you know, I can understand. I can give a nod to that. Erin's oh, getting oh, yeah. Let's 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 hear I'm about this. So nervous to get a puppy. I, I think that's good. We we rescued our dog. We think he was about one when we added him to our our life, and I am so nervous. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, this dog won't be in our life probably till this summer, and I'm I'm so nervous. It's also you know, it's a it's all it's also a Wisconsin breeder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where where are they? Uh, Baldwin. Hammond oh. area. Do you mm-hmm. want to say their name or we should sure. have, we should have them on. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe. Um, uh, so it is it's it, it is a larger breeder, but as you had mentioned in our first conversation, Jamie, this um, or maybe it was anyway. Um, we've we've talked with a few English setter breeders, and there were some breeders that we spoke with that it was like, okay, clearly this is far too large of an operation, and we don't. This doesn't, it doesn't feel right for us. Um, but the breeder we're working with, um, they're called Good Going. Um, sure. I've heard, I've actually heard of them. And, you know, l- let me say that not every breeder is right for every person. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that a larger breeder is bad in any way. Yeah. It just means that maybe their, their people are of, you know, meant for something else. Yeah. You know, they're, they're targeting a different group of owners. I, you know, well, I said targeting, like, I didn't mean it. To yeah. Sound yeah. Like I, get, I get what you're yeah, saying. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad if they're, they're producing a, a higher number. Um, really for me is the care, the time, the dedication, you know, um, there's, there's livestock dog breeders that, herding dog breeders that they won't sell to pet homes. They aren't going to sell to a sport home and that's totally fine for them. You know, I've, I've got nothing against that. I just tend to be a little bit different in my viewpoint Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So, you know, you getting that puppy and finding the right breeder for you perfect here's my question like what's your biggest fear though like you said you have fears about getting a puppy like what specific fear do you have because i have some too (laughs) yeah i'm actually kind of interested in what what you guys say regarding this because i've i've dealt with a lot of people and their yeah you know their views that they have so the only time I've had puppies in my life was when i was a child which like clearly i wasn't taking care of a puppy Mm -hmm. as a child um i just if I don't get enough sleep, mm. I am not, I'm not an enjoyable human. <laughs> yep. And I am so nervous about mm. like, luckily my husband and I have very different sleeping schedules. Like I go to bed very early. He goes to bed very late and then I wake up really early. So he's like, it's gonna be fine. It's going to be fine. But just like puppies got to go out every few mm. hours and the dynamics, like, cause we, I mean, not only do we already have an established dog, but we have two cats and just like the, 
the mm-hmm. environment and everybody getting along and mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so, so for me, you know, I, I've heard all of those things uh, about a hundred times before you could take this piece of advice, you know, or with a grain of salt, whatever, relax. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the biggest thing is people get so worked up. They build this big scenario in their head and they are worried. Okay. Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be fine. It may not feel like it. It may not be, you know, it may not feel like it when you're in the thick of it. If you have a problem, nine times out of 10, you're going to be just fine. And if you come into it a little more laid back, that puppy is going to read that. Will you just follow me around every single day and just, <laughs> Wait, and just give say, me those words? Say that <laughs> Mark, for me. Sure. Sure. We're going to have our you producer know. extrapolate that out and we're just going to play it throughout our homes. <laughs> you know, uh, pups do go through fear periods and, you know, we get some, I get some calls from people. Oh my gosh. So-and-so did ABC. Ah, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be the way it is for the rest of its yep. life. No, it's fine. No, yep. it's not. I promise you, it's not. What is the like, approximate I, fear stage that, um, like the months old to what? Do you know? Um, so for my lines in particular, we're we're gonna sit at about six months, and then we might do it again at about nine. Uh, extra from nine to twelve mm-hmm. months. It's kind of all over the place. And the one thing that I tell people is, don't push it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it almost act like it's not happening. Yeah. Don't try to flood the, the yeah, yeah. Dump dog or the pup. Yep. It is the worst thing you can do. Right. You know, often you're going to create a problem that might last yep. if you do that. Agreed. You know? Agreed. If my, if my young dogs have a problem, <laughs> I don't even look at it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think about it. Do you, gosh, I feel like I could ask you 20 million more questions. I don't know if this is too big of a topic, but like what do you tell people that they should kennel their dogs um, when uh, at night when they get them home? I do believe that they should definitely teach crate training because it's important. You know, at some point in time, your dog's going to have to go in a crate. So you might as well just get that done and over with. Um, I have some dogs that are in crates because they just kind of feel like chewing, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and they should be over that chewing stage, but they do it. And then I have other dogs that I've crate trained them. And by three months old, they're like totally trustworthy, mm-hmm. you know, and I leave them out and they, they sleep in the bedroom with me. Right. You know, usually I have about five or so border collies in my bedroom with me (laughs) Um, that sounds like literally my literal idea of heaven by the way so (laughs) (laughs) yeah you think so i have yeah 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 (laughs) i definitely have dog bed sleepers so you know um but that's something that I'm having to think about too, about how how i'm going to do all that that's been my anxiety like how am i going to work this how am I going to work this? How is this going to look? Um, well, I'll be honest with you. I am not a person that's going to get up in the middle of the night to potty a dog. Oh, really? Unless it's an emergency. Yeah. And so, they all have the emergency voice, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm probably going to pull food and water if, if they've proven like they're willing or whatever to go to the bathroom in their crate and lay in it. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to pull food and water a little earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, and earlier in the day, earlier in the day you're talking. Yeah. In the evening and maybe, you know, their potty time is a little later and maybe their bedtime gets pushed back. Yep. 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 Got it. You know, chances of them having to go to the bathroom at night are a lot lower. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we have kept you, and I still want to have you back again because I want to talk about integrating your puppy into your house. But maybe we can do that another time because that's a f- okay. another full half hour. I feel like if you're willing mm-hmm. and able. So, um, does anybody, Erin, do you have any last? This was just <laughs> so great. So I fun. think dogs are amazing, and I think dogs that you know that have jobs are are so incredible. I, I just, right. I'm, I'm so grateful for, for all the wisdom that you've shared with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. And we all have a lot to learn from each other, right? You know, keep an open mind, everybody, yes. and have compassion, um, compassionate connection with people. It doesn't always mean you agree with everything they say. Um, maybe you research it, but you do respect their point of view. Um, and I think it's just powerful when people do that in any certain, you know, small section of society. In this case, it's the dog world and tolerance I and compassion. With you more. I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Having some grace for one another yeah. goes along. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like honestly, I don't I didn't think prior to this conversation I could be. I could have been any more excited about this puppy. But after talking to you like this, I'm like, "Ah, my head's going to explode and my heart's going to pump out of my body. Like, I'm so excited because I just feel like I found the perfect person to get my puppy from. So I just am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you, too. Thank you. All right. Well, Jamie, thank you so, so, so much for being on um, and for all you do for education for um, in your area and for the dog world. So um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on with us. I will see you in a couple days for my first That's puppy right, visit. Yeah. And, um, and everybody, please do stay tuned um, or, or do check back in because we will have Jamie back on if we can <laughs> coerce her um, to talk about integrating your puppy new puppy into your home um and so until next time everybody we see i see you you matter and get out there and do do good good with with your dog. dog thanks jamie thanks jamie thank you bye